Hello and welcome to the Seven Sage Podcast. My name is JY Ping, and today we have an episode all about how best to prepare yourself a week out from the test. Understandably, many of you are feeling nervous and want to know what the best course of action is. I don't think there's a single set of things that everyone should do. Lots of people have done lots of different things and have had good results. So instead of listening to me make some things up about what you should and shouldn't do, I've invited six seven sagers who all scored a 170 or higher to tell you what they actually did. As you'll hear, the routines and practices vary by a lot, and yet they also overlap quite a bit. For example, they all agree that sleep is important, so set a cutoff time for your screens at night and get your butt in bed. But what about making small talk with other test takers? Well, there you'll hear different opinions. The point is, there isn't a single right answer. So let's just hear it straight from them. First, let's hear from Allison. Hi, everyone. My name is Allison. I got a 173 on the LSAT, and I am currently a 3L at Harvard Law School. So, Allison, what did you do the week before the test? So um, the week of, see if I can remember, I mean, I know some things that I did. I don't remember exactly everything, but I do know that the week of, someone had given me this advice. Maybe it was on the forums or maybe it's on a video you do, JY. But um, the advice, I, I think this is very solid, but like really in that last week, you have to just trust all of your prior prep and you're not going to really be able to learn something new that's going to significantly benefit you on your administration. And so it's sort of like a lower key week. And so the way that I handled that, because I was in that mindset of like, this is about maintenance. This is about keeping like a good dose of the LSAT in my life without me like being kind of aggressively in learning mode. It's more about like habits and familiarity, right? So for me, the point of that last week was um, like drill some stuff, drill some sections in order to keep feeling really familiar with it, but not in order to like try to learn new things because I just don't think it's realistic. Um, And because of that, I didn't score my last test. So I did take one last test and someone else had maybe mentioned this to me. This is a good idea to not score it. And I've told students that I've tutored to do this as well, because, you know, the chances like on the one hand, it could go great and it could like boost your self-esteem. It could be like the highest score you've ever gotten. Chances are unlikely that it's going to be the highest score you've ever gotten. That's probably already in the bag for you. So I think it's really smart if you're going to take a full administration to just put it down and not score it. And if you're super curious, you can score it later, but then you're not running the risk of, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. And now I'm really nervous, you know, about my capabilities. Um, So that's my recommendation, or at least what I did is take a test if you want to, either drilling or taking a full test. Um, You could drill a couple sections throughout that last week, or you could take one full test and maybe on a different day, like drill a couple sections. Just don't score any of it. Like, what's the point, you know? Um, But it is helpful to kind of keep it in your system. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to take a week away from the LSAT because it'll feel just that little edge of rustiness is not what you need when you're starting. Great. How about the day before? Day before. Um, Yes. So obviously everyone's very nervous the day before. There's only so much you can do to mitigate your nerves. I will tell you what I did. Uh, In Seattle, there is this park called Green Lake that is like a path that goes around a man-made lake. It's really beautiful, though. I walked around Green Lake three or four times. It's it's a couple miles. I just walked all day because I wanted to exhaust myself. And I listened to the Hamilton soundtrack the entire time. (laughs) So... Yeah, I was just like, I want to pump myself up. I want to be out in nature and I want to like 
you know, go to bed thinking I'm not throwing away my shot. And I want to like be in that mindset of like really positive, but also kind of like motivated, you know? Um, so my priority the day before was to wipe myself out physically so that I would sleep. Um, I thought about doing a hike instead, but it was just more viable for me that day to stay in the city than to get out. So, um, yeah, so I, that's most of what I remember from the day before. Also, I remember, I might've been writing down when I was peeing. Like I, I was definitely trying to track my kind of body analytics so that I had like the best sense of when to stop drinking water the next day. Oh yeah. This way you can time your bathroom run to that 15 minute break. Yeah. So what about sleeping? Did the exhaustion work and you slept like a baby? Um, I think it really helped. I wouldn't say I slept like a baby, but I didn't get a terrible night's sleep, which I think was totally possible, you know? Um, so I think it helped quite a bit that I had kind of worn myself out physically and just been outside all day. Kind of like when parents try to run their toddlers around so they'll sleep. That's what I was doing to myself. So I think it helped a lot. I wouldn't say it was like the best sleep. I probably got like six hours despite laying in bed for nine hours, you know, but it's pretty good the day before a big test. Another thing is, um, and I told students to do this as well when I've tutored, if you think that sleep's going to be a problem for you, I think it's a good idea to experiment with sleep aids and see like what makes you, what can you take that still feels you're, you're still normal the next morning and be careful. Cause you don't want like a drug hangover of some serious prescription, but I mean like the over the counter stuff, not like I, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if everyone's got their own kind of medical profile, but I wasn't trying to talk about like, you know, uh, prescription sleep aids. I was talking about over the counter stuff and melatonin, like more natural sleep aids sleepy time tea, you know, like experiment with that and see how it works for you. I think that's a good idea because I, I can take melatonin really any night without it affecting me the next morning, which I think is just how melatonin works, but you should still see what, what works for your body, you know, but I was the whole month before the test getting up at like six or six thirty and going to this morning yoga class, like most days of the week. So I was on a body clock kind of setup where I woke up pretty early and I was able to go to sleep pretty early. And that was, it was good for me to do it for most of the whole month because then by the time I was toward my administration, it was like a very set habit for my body. And I was very awake by 9 a.m. I wasn't like groggy because I had just rolled out of bed. So I didn't go to yoga class the morning of the administration, but I bought one of those like passes for this yoga studio that lets you get like a month for a lower amount of money. And then I just used it for that month. Um, so yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I was sleeping really well because that was a big priority for me, but really all I was doing in my life was trying to really take care of my body and doing the LSAT during like business hours, you know? So like that was my whole setup the whole month of some physical activity. I was not really working out before that. And I think it really helped me. It helped me get the quality sleep. It helped me go to sleep at a more normal time. Cause when you're using your body more, your body's like, okay, time to go to sleep. But if you're just all in your head and anxious and you've been sitting on the couch all day, it's really weird. There's like a mismatch between the sleep your brain needs and the sleep your body needs. How about the day of, how did you manage that stressful day? So I'll talk about kind of like general management and then kind of environmental management because I think there's self-management and then there's like the context you're in, which you have to deal with as well, right? Just in terms of my anxiety, I, I think it was hugely beneficial that I prepped so much. And I'm sure that so many seven stage students have done this. Like, it's just that sort of ability you get to relax a little bit, like not a ton. We're all nervous wrecks, but relax a little bit because you can trust your prep. And so like, I would just tell myself that over and over again, because I had 
the numbers on my side. Like I knew what my average was and I knew it was really solid. And I knew that it would take something completely out of the ordinary to knock me like eight points off my average, you know? And as it happened, I went down a few points, which is totally typical, right? It's like the test day lull. Um, but that's okay because I built into my average, like, or I wanted my average to be at a point where I could afford that. And that's exactly what happened. So I think if you go in knowing, look, the, my, my little personal da- data analytics are on my side. Like I know that I'm in the range I want to be. You can trust that the test is predictable enough that you're going to score in that range. And so that's, that's very much outside of yourself. And it's like a rational thing you can tell yourself to manage your anxiety. Cause it's very true. Um, you're not just like feeding yourself what you want to hear, you know? Um, so that I think was hugely beneficial. And I, I had also taken a test at the test center. So I, I took it at Seattle university and I had gone and taken a couple of prep tests in that last month in a classroom that was nearby the classroom where the administration was. I did all the things, you know, like to try to calm myself down. And, um, but that was helpful. I think like knowing what the building felt like that helped a little bit just with kind of an environmental sense of this is okay. Yeah. I mean, nothing was weird about like my, proctors they did delay our test because someone's shrink wrapped packet when they opened it was missing um part of the instructions i think so they had to like go hunt around and find another shrink wrapped packet for this girl which put us back by like 40 minutes probably as a group and the reason i was nervous about that is because i am a person who has to pee a lot which is why i was timing my pee um yeah and i was like oh no we're 40 minutes off like i might have to go before the break um but i also had kind of dehydrated myself that morning on purpose so i got through just fine but yeah i mean that so that was kind of annoying i saw a girl pull her phone out when this was happening and i was like oh you are a crazy person i don't even know how you got in here with that And I was like nervous for her because I was like, she must be totally oblivious and not realize that she can get disqualified if they find it, you know. So there were some things that happened that I was thinking about that just made me more anxious. But I don't know. It's just just not the core stuff, right? Like, and I think my experience of when we sat down and started the test, um, I remember, of course, being nervous for the first couple questions. I think the first section was LR on my test. I can't remember. But um, I was nervous for a couple questions. But then I remember thinking, oh, I really can do this. Like I've done this so many times, dozens of times, you know? So it's all about the prep, I think, in terms of how rational you can be in that moment about not letting the test anxiety hijack your experience. And then during the break, I didn't talk to anyone, which I recommend. Someone else on the forums like mentioned this. And honestly, it's, I like sat, sat and had my snack bar in the corner and like paced just to keep my kind of physical energy up. Cause I, I kind of wanted to get back in there and finish. Like I was like, the break's good, but like, I don't want the break to throw me off, you know? So I was just like, yeah, just kind of pacing and not talking to other people because I didn't care what they thought about what had happened so far. I needed to like stay in my zone, you know? And one last question. If you had to do test day all over again, would you have done anything different? Um, no, I don't think so. Like I really went all in. Like I had the whole month planned out in terms of like my exercise and my eating. And I felt like I tried to think about all of the variables that could affect my performance and kind of like control for those as much as possible. One thing that helped me a lot, which is part of why I'm glad that I did so much prep was having bad PTs where like I would do a section and feel really bad about it or think I tanked it because that did happen during my administration. But because I had that history of like, I know what it's like to have that feeling and then 
be able to know like that feeling could or could be true or could be pretty inaccurate and be able to kind of like let myself go into the next section fresh um, or as fresh as possible that experience of having felt like I failed on PTs and realizing that that feeling was sometimes accurate and sometimes wasn't was the reason that I didn't let, let it like take me down on test day. Cause you know, once you have a bad section, you can feel like you threw the whole test, but that's not true. That's right. That's so important. That's so important. You feel like you had a bad section. That's just it. You feel like you had that's a bad it. section. That's all you know is that you feel like that. That's the only, the data point is about an emotive response, right? That's it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You could have actually done really well because your feelings aren't reliable trackers of actual performance, right? So that, that is so important that you have that experience during your PTing phase so that you, you learn to basically disregard your feelings. Right. And you also learn like sections are kind of isolated. And once you're at a certain level where you're performing close to the average you want to get, you have a little wiggle room unless you're trying to get like a 178 or 179, you have a little wiggle room to not be at your best. And you can still, you could still zero out the other sections. Like you just don't know what's coming, you know? So yeah, I don't think I'd do anything different, but I was like a pretty extreme, you know, <laughs> with all of my crap. So yeah. Okay. Allison, anything else you'd like to say? Good luck, everybody. I know that if you're listening to this, you're invested enough and you're spending enough time on your prep that you're probably um, both giving a ton of your time to this part of your life and also like dealing with a fair amount of anxiety about it. But um, the test is learnable. You can trust the process. The seventh age community, as you know, is really helpful and supportive and is like a place to find truthful and honest and encouraging advice all in the same community. So just keep doing what you're doing, keep plugging away, and your hard work is going to be rewarded. Good luck. Thank you, Allison. Next, we're going to hear from Glenn. My name's Glenn. I, I got a 171 on my LSAT, um, and I'm currently a 1L at Northwestern. Glenn, the week before, what did you do? Actually, the week of was I took everything extremely light um, when it came to actual LSAT studying. I didn't do anything extreme or practice tests. Every time I would get anxious, I would sit down and do like, maybe a page of like LR or like a logic game just to, to calm the nerves. But I wanted to keep myself fresh for the actual test day. So during the week uh, of the, the test, I wasn't doing too much like LSAT studying. I also took, I was working full time then. So I, I worked the first two days of the week and then I took three days off. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I took those days off and just kind of relaxed and did my thing, played video games, stuff like that. How about the day before? So the, the day before is when you're going to be like most anxious, I think, because it, it's like a pending life-changing event coming. But I, I just, that was the day that I didn't touch LSAT like at all. Um, I, I played video games pretty much the entire day. <laughs> uh, during that time, I was probably playing Rocket League a lot. Um, it's, it's a pretty, it's like a race car game with soccer ball. In that game, because when you're playing the actual game, you're, you're pretty focused on the game. You, you can't really have your mind wandering because um, you're, you're engaged with it. So I did a lot of that. Um, my girlfriend came over. We went out to just to normal, nice dinner, nothing like crazy. Um, but then actually that night, I couldn't sleep very well because that's when the anxiety really kicked in. And I didn't fall asleep probably until, I don't know, one in the morning, um, even though I was trying so that, that was the, the rough part of the day before for me. But I mean, the, the thing with that is if, you, if you've done the work ahead of time, months ahead of time, you've kind of made up for that 
yeah, even with the lack of sleep, I, I had done so much else at that even with a hiccup like that the night before, I was still really confident in my ability. So it wasn't like the end of the world for me. Mm, right. How about the day off? How did you manage the stress? Uh, How did you manage the proctors? The proctors were actually really cool. He like, one of them threw little gummy bears at us and everything, which was kind of nice. He, he seemed to understand that we were all stressed and he was cool enough to kind of keep us calm by joking around with us. So that, that was actually kind of cool to break the, the tension. It was the fellow test takers that would make you more nervous than the proctors. So like before, right before the test, you're sitting outside that little weight room before you go into where you're taking the test. And the, everyone's talking about how they study and how they don't know how many sections they're on a test. And so I didn't want to hear any of that stuff. So I kind of removed myself from that and sat in a little corner by myself. And if you could do test day all over again, would you do anything differently? This is going to sound really weird, um, but having taken the test multiple times was really good. As much as you're, you do PTs, um, the actual test day environment is a lot different than, than your PT is going to be. There's nothing you can do to make it the same, um, exactly the same. But I, I would have taken my PTs more in an environment, instead of like my house where I have this like sense of comfort, I would have removed myself more when I was doing PTs because... When you actually have to get up and drive to a hotel, um, you have to sit outside a room and wait. Then, like, you have, instead of just jumping right into the test, you have to undo the packet. People have to learn how to bubble in their names again. And it's, like, it's a whole, and I had, like, 80 people in my test center. So the the process of, like, we got there at 8, but we didn't start the test probably until almost 9.15, 9.20. Like, it's an hour of just administrative stuff with that many people. And I wasn't, that can throw you off your game if you're ready to just jump right into the test. Um, so that, that's something that you definitely want to take into account when you're studying is to know that the test day, there's going to be stuff like that going on. Also during the test, um, if you see people like, you'll see people get like administrative kicks or whatever, where they're cheating or bubbling after that can be nerve wracking too. Um, so I didn't really look up to my desk very often. (laughs) I kind of just focused on my test. Yeah. So people, people got administrative, um, violation tickets. Yeah, on all three of my tests, someone got one of those. Every t- all because I took three full tests, and each time someone would bubble after, uh, someone flipped back in their book one time, and then I don't know what the third one was. I was that's when I was, I took my own advice and had my blinders on, so I wasn't paying attention to what happened. The one that this was my second test, the one that flipped back in the book to a different section got kicked out. I think the one that was bubbling after they had called time just got a little sticker on their thing, but they kept taking the test. Yeah. Okay. Glenn, anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. Tell uh, anyone taking the LSAT that's listening to this, you guys, you've got this, you've done your work. Don't let other people get in your head. You, you've got it. Good luck. Thank you, Glenn. Next, we're going to hear from Bart. Hi, my name is Bart. My handle on 7th Sage is not my name, and I scored a 174 on the July 2018 LSAT. So, Bart, one week before the test. One week out, I was maintaining the same schedule, the same, the same approach to prep as I had been doing the months before. Um, my, my prep had become very regimented, um, and my PT, it, it followed my PT cycle. And I just continued that because I knew that I felt fresh and ready uh, when I took my PTs within that cycle. And I didn't want to feel any differently when I took the LSAT. So no change 
one week out. I, uh, I guess as far as the PT cycle went, I would, I would take one every 10 days. Um, I'd take a PT, um, and then that would be day zero. Day one and two would be spent uploading the video because I would be recording the PT. So I uploaded it to, um, to YouTube uh, undisclosed. I would rewatch it all back, fill out my timing sheet, um, and then begin to BR on day day two. And this is where some variance in the PT cycle came into play. As my scores increased, this part of the cycle shrunk, right? So I would probably take two days to do to BR the whole test, and I would meet with my tutor when that had finished, and we would go through all the LR questions that I had difficulty with. And at that point, I still didn't know the answers. So she would know the answers and she would, you know, if, if I had an overconfidence error, right, she would make sure we spoke about that, right? So she played a big role in that also. Um, and then after we had BR'd LR and RC together, I would score the test and then spend the next two days, two to three days drilling problem areas and then take another PT. Okay. So that routine was uh, repeated the week before. You just wanted it to be the same. You didn't want to treat the week before any differently. No, yeah, no differently. That I had been doing that same cycle for close to a year up to that point, and I, I, I got very comfortable in that familiarity. Did you get a chance to speak to your tutor? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I took the test in June and July this year, and she gave me the same message both times. Um, and that was, this is just another PT. Um, we've, you know, I, I had planned my PTs so that the test would fall in line for, you know, when I would be taking my next PT. And she said, don't chase a score, um, enact your process. Don't be thinking about how many you're missing per section and what you need to do to get to a particular score. Just enact the process as best you can and, you know, score above a 160. Um, and that's, and it was great advice. And I, I knew what she was trying to do. Um, just take some of the, the pressure out of it. Um, like I, I was scoring in the 170s consistently, or at least the like 168 to 172 very consistently. So like scoring above a 160, it's like, yeah, no, no duh. But you know, when you're not chasing a score, you're able to just focus on your process. And I think your process is a better route to a goal score than, you know, hyperventilating during the test. How about the day before? Did you do anything special? The day before the test, I went to the test center. So, and I'm happy I did that because the address was misprinted on the ticket. Um, It took me an hour to find it, even though it's a 10 minute walk away. Right. So that was the day before the exam. Go figure out your parking situation, figure out the walking, give yourself plenty of time, sit in the room if you can, right? Just, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be rushing the day of the exam. What about physical exercise? Well, I, I exercise a good amount in general. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why I was able to maintain my, my PT cycle for so long. You know, I was doing about 40 minutes to an hour of exercise five to six days a week. So I, I continued that and I made sure I got good sleep, ate very clean and healthy, um, tried to keep sugars out of my diet, but that wasn't something special. I, I do that normally. 
um, I wasn't doing, I was typically studying for about six hours a day. And for the day before I cut that down to basically an hour and a half. And what I had, and I didn't even do very hardcore stuff for that hour and a half. You know, I did probably one or two logic games, you know, probably something from one through 35, something I had done 10 plus times before. And I had a, a binder full of LR problems um, that had given me difficulty over the course of the last year and a half. And I, I kept them in there and I, I flipped through that. I read it like a magazine, you know, just refamiliarizing myself with the structures and little tricks that um, they had gotten past me in the past. So, and I didn't work, you know, so I, I was working like 30 hours a week. Um, and the day, two days before the test, I, I, I stopped, I just took those days off. And I went for walks, tried to tried to stay active and um, stay relaxed. Okay, the day of, how did you manage stress? So for the day of um, managing stress, one thing I did was speak to other test takers um, sitting in the hallway. It's kind of awkward. Most Some people know each other. Most people don't. Everyone's, you know, very nervous with high expectations. There's lots of um, anxiousness tension in the room. And I think it helps everyone if people are maybe just more at ease with one another. So just small talk and about anything, laughing about LSAT stupid LSAT stupid rules or um, whatever. I think that was helpful. It helped me, you know, stop thinking of these guys as competition, you know, or like wondering what they're going to score and just they're nervous test takers just like me. Another thing was meditation. So I, I started doing that probably about six to seven months before. So I guess in like January um, before the test. And it was I did 10 minutes in the morning before studying and 10 minutes in the evening just sitting on the edge of my bed. And um, one thing, I, you know, I, I, there's lots of different ways to meditate. What I like to do was think about things going wrong on the test as I meditated, right? So... I've mistranslated a rule or I can't figure out a weird game or I had a bad read on an RC and visualizing myself responding to that. And I guess what would that be like behavioral psychology? I think it, it, it definitely worked for me though. And I, I, I did that in the hallway too before, before beginning and in the chair, just closing my eyes and thinking about the test and how I wanted to approach that and all the habits that I had worked hard to, to instill like visualizing your response, visualizing your reaction if you mistranslated a rule. So that way you can uh, see yourself going through the corrective motions in your mind's eye as a way to prepare for that happening in reality. Yeah, because I know it's going to happen. I know one of those things is going to happen in reality. Uh, I've never taken a PT where everything went smoothly, not even on my 174 day. So that's something you can bank on, right? Just like I, that I banked on, just like I banked on there being five sections and one experimental. So what I, what I couldn't, you know, take for granted was that my, I would have the proper response. Yes. Good. Uh, okay. One last question. If you could do it all over again, would you do anything differently? I wouldn't do anything different. I think what I learned was that you have to learn. I had to learn what circumstances would op were optimal for me, you know, because 
I wasn't comfortable not prepping the day before, you know, I had to figure out what I like to eat, you know, the day of a PT, I had to figure out if I could have a cup of coffee, all of those, all those little nitty gritty things. I think I, I did as good a job as I could of replicating test day conditions in my prep. And I'm very happy I did that. I'm very happy I spent all that time visualizing my response to a curveball on the test. And really, you know, test day is your is your day to shine. You know, I I had done so much work and so much thoughtful preparation going into that test that it was just about execution for me. And I think that that says a lot about taking it when you're ready. You know, because I, I, I took it in, in June and also, and I got a 164, right? So people look at that and say, that's a 10 point jump. Well, it's really just an underperformance in June and sitting down to take the test on testing, knowing that you are ready to score your goal score is, you know, it's just, you, you should do that for yourself. The day is going, the day is going to be stressful enough. Right. And, and I also, I should say, took the test in 2016 before I was ready and just don't, don't do that to yourself. That, that's something that's within your control. Um, so, you know, take advantage of that. Right. Anything else you like to say? Try to have fun. Just focus on the things that are within your control and, you know, know that everyone else in that room is, is just as nervous as you are, that there's no one in there scoring 180 consistently on a PT. Um, and, uh, you're not alone. You know, there's a whole army of seven sages across the world sitting down to take a, uh, a test that day. Just kick ass. Thank you, Bart. Next, we'll hear from David. Hi, guys. My name's David. I scored a 174 in the LSAT. I'm a 1L at Harvard Law School. I'm accounts playable on the seven stage forums. Uh, so feel free to message me if you have any questions. I'm sure someone will take you up on that. So David, one week before the test. The most important thing that I did the week of the exam was to get plenty of sleep. Uh, so I, I tried at least five, six, seven days before the test, I, I tried to go to bed a little bit early to, to get 10 hours of sleep a day. That way, if, you know, the day before the exam, if I had those nerves and I couldn't sleep, at least I had a lot of sort of accumulated sleep built up. When it came to prep, I tried to take it really easy. So I took the, the June LSAT, which was, which is on a, which is one o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. So the Monday before my Monday exam, I took an exam like I had like I had always done, I tried to replicate my routine, but I picked an exam that I had taken uh, as a retake uh, relatively recently. I, 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 t I took an exam that I had just taken like maybe two or three weeks ago. That way it was a confidence boost. You know, I didn't want to take a fresh exam or an old retake and risk bombing it and totally messing up my nerves. So I took a, a relatively recent retake and I very leisurely blind reviewed it over the next like few days. Uh, sort of a secondary to making sure I was well rested uh, up until up until the the actual exam. So that's it. That just one retake exam followed with leisurely blind review. Yeah, yeah. One retake exam for a confidence boost, and don't kill yourself trying to go crazy with four or five hours of prep, like like maybe maybe people have been doing, but maybe 45 minutes hour prep tops a day just focusing on resting up tapering that that kind of thing don't don't go crazy with it great and the most important thing is sleep make sure you get plenty of sleep 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you get plenty of sleep. Plenty of sleep is is key. You don't want to take the test uh, tired or or things things like that. It's just gonna it's just gonna just wreck havoc when, especially if you're taking a Saturday exam where it's already in the morning. I had the I had the benefit of taking a one o'clock test, but if you're taking a Saturday morning test, you don't want to be you know extremely groggy or or very tired taking it in the morning. Okay, how about the day before? Yeah, the day before the test, I I didn't do any prep at all. Uh, so the day before, I really took it easy. I, I I watched a movie. I I meditated. As I said before, I I tried to go to, I tried to go to bed early and and get plenty of sleep. But I just kind of took the day off. I I I got a big meal, loaded up on carbs, that kind of thing. But I I really didn't think at that that point you're t- you're you're gonna test where you're gonna test. You know, there's really nothing you can learn in in under 24 hours. Uh, so I took it easy. You know, I, I like I said, I watched a movie, watched some YouTube videos. I I just tried to relax just the entire day. Were you able to get a good night's rest the night before? I was actually, and I I think that was I think that was because of meditation. So I I got really big on med. I had never met so before to kind of preface. I had never really meditated before prior prior to a month or six maybe about six weeks out from the exam, and. You know, a friend of mine was like, hey, give it a shot. And if you don't like it, you can sort of give up on it. And I, I did it for about a couple of weeks and I really wasn't feeling it. And then it just sort of clicked one time and I found it very valuable. So I think meditation can really help calm your nerves to be sure to, to or at least to help you get a good night's sleep. So maybe an hour or two before bed, you know, make yourself a cup of tea and make sure, make sure it's uh it's chamomile tea. You know, if you want to put a little splash of milk in it or something, that's, that's good. But yeah, you don't want to drink, um, you don't want to drink a real caffeine, you know, an Earl Grey or something that's caffeinated. Cause that's, that's going to undo everything that you, that you, you know, and, and needless to say, don't, don't drink, you know, don't have any alcohol, especially the day before the test. But, but if you can, you know, a week, 10 days, two weeks plus, you know, I, I tried not to have any alcohol, uh, six, seven weeks before the, before the test. So, uh, not even, not even like a glass of wine or anything, you know, I think that's, I think that's sort of, uh, self, you know, apparent to do, but, but especially the night before, like don't, don't have any alcohol or anything like that. Yes. It might help you fall asleep, but it'll greatly diminish the quality of your sleep. So don't. Okay, day of the test. Yeah, I so the so I had again I had the I had the benefit of taking a one o'clock exam, uh, and I'm not a morning person at all. Uh, and it was sort of one of the one of the factors that kind of pushed me to the June exam um, was because it was because it was one o'clock in the afternoon. So that day I I woke I tried to wake up at around eight o'clock, nine o'clock, which was, which is the time I had tried to sort of consistently wake up at while I was, while I was prepping. I had, I went through my daily routine that I had practiced. I, I had my one or two cups of coffee. I went on a, you know, a half hour, you know, that, I usually would go to the gym in the morning, but this time I decided to just take a half hour walk around. I, I had to drive a couple hours to the, to the testing center. So I got a hotel the night before, uh, but I, I went and I did about a half hour sort of leisurely walk just to kind of wake up. I went and got breakfast at um, at this little diner place with some that had pancakes. I took it in a college town, so you know they had a great little little uh, diner place for breakfast that was that was pretty good. And I just tried to take it easy. 
for, you know, that time I woke up at like eight or nine until, you know, 11 o'clock. And then at about 11 o'clock, I, I decided to do a game or two just to kind of get the muscles flowing. So I did one or two really, really easy sequencing games that I had brought with me to the hotel. You know, again, nothing, nothing crazy. Like don't, don't do a time section or anything. Just do something just to get your brain moving. And then when I got to the, got to the, the testing center, uh, you know, you check in, you have all of your paperwork with you or, 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 or in, and whatever. And I really didn't have a problem with the proctors. Um, and I'd say my proctors were probably more casual than, than most. Like we sort of skimped out on the, on the break between the third and fourth section. We, instead of the 15 minutes, I think they were like, let's do 10 minutes or, or something and, and let's get back to it. So my, my proctors were really, were really kind of chill out, out people. Um, when it came to nerves, I tried again to rely on, on meditating. And I found that, I found that very, very helpful, you know, cause everybody there is stressed out. You know, the stress is sort of palpable when you're sort of looking at all of these people taking the LSAT at once and everybody is jittery and nobody really wants to talk to each other. So I just sort of went out, went to my, my little corner and I sat down in a chair and I closed my eyes and meditated a little bit and I was ready to go because I did that. So when I flipped open that for the test book with the section one, it was a game section and I was ready to do it. And I think having that mindset because I meditated right beforehand put me, put me in the right mood just to take the test and it really just sort of calmed my nerves down. Great. One last thing. What would you change if you could do it all over again? So that's a really interesting question because I, I did do it all over again. So I took the LSAT twice, and the first time I took the LSAT, uh, it was it was it was a total disaster. I, I was not at all, and I talk about this in, in the webinar that I did. I was totally not at all in the right um, fundamental. Set, like if you want to talk about fundamentals, like I, I struggled with with understanding even the basics of say like what a necessary assumption was or what a you know, weak, what does it mean to weaken an argument? So like fundamentally, I was not in a good spot. And then also, I think from a mindfulness standpoint, I was not in a good spot. And the, those issues that, that arose when I took the test the first time were the things that I tried to focus on a lot when I decided to, to retake the test uh, in, in June 2016. So I tried to focus a lot on getting my, getting my nerves under control. And I think meditation really helped with that. Uh, I tried to, to really focus on, on timing, be, making sure that I allowed myself enough time to come back to questions that I had skipped or questions that I found were difficult. And that really helped with the mindfulness because, because having a really good timing strategy builds in time to where you know you're just not going to run out of time. So if you do, say, 25 questions in 25 minutes, you know you've built in 10 minutes to go back to the questions that you thought were hard, so you're you're really not running out of time, and I found that a very comforting thought. Um, and then and then additionally, and I think most importantly, it's it's knowing when you're ready to take the test. You know, as I said before, I wasn't fundamentally in the right spot to take the test, and I think that's so hard for people to to admit to themselves that they're not ready to take the test. And if I were to go back in time to when I took the test the first time, I would just sort of grab myself and go, "What do you ex you can't." You've been taking practice exams and you've been scoring where you've been scoring. How could you possibly expect to score 10 points higher than that? You know, when the data is there that, that shows you're scoring in the one, 150s or low 160s, you just, you just really can't then expect to show up to the test to score 175 or 174 or anything like that because you just don't have, you just don't, the evidence doesn't, doesn't suggest that. And trust that 
that evidence to be your friend, to go, I'm not ready to take the test. And because you can now take the test in an unlimited number of times, which was not the case when I took the test, but now you can take the test in a limited number of times. The test is offered more often than it used to be. Um, schools really like to see uh, people work for a year or two, uh, more so than they did when I applied um, uh, to work with law school. There's every incentive you have to, to, to delay and you're not harmed one bit. So if you're not ready to take the test, it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna cause a problem on your law school application, which is really at the end of the day the end goal of this to present your application the best it can be. Right. And I think the converse of that is true as well, which is that if you are ready to take the test, meaning your prep test scores do bear out what you're capable of performing at, then you also have every reason to trust the evidence. Right? Then you can just go in and be confident. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. Okay. Anything else you'd like to say? I, I wish everybody the best of luck. All right. It, it's, nobody likes taking the test. And even the people who do great on the LSAT feel terrible after they take the LSAT. They feel bad. Like once they come out, they think they bomb. But think about it for a second. You're going you're gonna to remember the one or two questions that stumped you. And you're going to forget the other 24 questions that you got right. You know? And so... Don't dwell on that. You have, what, three, four weeks before you get scores. Take three, four weeks off. Go relax. You probably did fine. And additionally, if you end up not doing right as well as you thought, like I said before, there's, there's the, the, you can take the test in a limited number of times. You're not penalized for taking the test multiple times. In the grand scheme of things, over a 40-year law career, delaying six months to retake the test isn't a huge deal. And so put that in perspective if you have to retake the test. It's really not, it's not the end of the world. Um, but I do wish everyone the best of luck. And I, and I, do, and I, do, hope, uh, I do hope everyone uh, earns the score that they, that they deserve. Thanks so much, David. Next, we're going to hear from Josh. Hi, I'm, I'm uh, Josh Alby on 7th Sage. You may know me better as Can't Get Right. I, I studied for the test for a, uh, quite a while and eventually worked my way up from somewhere at about a 150 range uh, to ultimately uh, I scored a 176 on the September 2017 LSAT. Josh, the week before, what did you do? How did you prepare? Um, well, it was it was just like a normal week uh, and, and there was a, a, a very strict routine that I followed. So, so one, one thing that I did is uh, you know, I had you know, very uh, high ambitions for, for what I wanted to do on the LSAT. In, in, in a lot of ways, kind of shaped my life around it. So, uh, and and maybe maybe the most important bit of that is uh, to uh, acknowledge the fact that I am not a morning person, and this test is administered in the morning for for the administration I was I was taking. So that that was something that pretty far out I, I kind of was like looming as as a as a problem. So uh, so I, uh, I I turned myself into a morning person. And, uh, and, and that, that takes, you know, some preparation. So I started getting up 5.30 every morning. Uh, I, I decided like, okay, I want to, you know, what, what, what is my, uh, this is a question I asked myself, uh, you know, a few months out. You know, what, what's my ideal uh, test day morning? What, what would that look like in, in, a, in a perfect scenario? And I said like, well, I, you know, I want to get up early. I, I want to be able to relax and have my coffee. Uh, I want to be able to have, you know, a, a big breakfast uh, yeah, I want to go for a run, you know, kind of to, to wake up and get my blood pumping. And um, and so there were there were these things that I, I wanted to incorporate into uh, what in my mind was my ideal uh, test day morning. And then I, I started I, I started as best I could 
Uh, and it was a struggle at first until I kind of got my rhythm. I, I started living this morning. And so uh, I had been doing that for a, for a while uh, in, in order to adjust to the, you know, to the morning test and, and needing to be, you know, kind of at my, you know, peak mental sharpness at, uh, at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, so so the, the week before the test, I, um, yeah, it was kind of comforting, you know, because as the test arrives, you know, the anxiety, you know, kind of starts to build and, uh, and, and it's comforting to have uh, something to to, to kind of fall back on, you know, when you, when you're kind of in your head thinking like, like, Oh my God, what do I do? What do I do with myself? Uh, you know, I had an answer and, and, and that was, that was really nice. And, and I guess to, to answer the other part of that question, as far as the, the, the prep, I, I feel like in, in the final week, uh, that the hay is in the barn, uh, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty much, you're pretty much in the final week. You're, you're where you're going to be on test day. And I think I I've seen, uh, too frequently, uh, people undermine, you know, months, if not years of, uh, of really high level and healthy study habits with, with last minute cramming. Uh, and then that, that's the worst thing you can do. So I, I really, really backed off every day. I did kind of a, an LSAT warm up. Uh, I, I would do uh, a half a section of LR. I would do uh, one reading passage and I would do one logic game. So altogether, about a quarter of the test, it added up to about a section. And every four days uh, I would go through an entire, uh, an entire test worth of material in my warm up. So uh, I, I did that uh, in the mornings at the usual time, and uh, and then and then when it when it when it got to what 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 had been my study time, that that was when I kind of had to figure out what to do with myself because I, I really wanted to uh, just chill out, relax, and, and decompress, uh, so that I, I was going into test day, you know, fully you know fully charged and almost like well, like kind of eager to get back to and, and get in there and do some LSAT. Nice. How about the day or night before? I, I think the, the the one thing that I kind of arrived at that was the the, the best possible thing for for day before and night before. Uh, what was to watch like my like like old movies that that have been like my my perennial favorites. You know the the kind of movies that you can like like quote every single line to. For me, it's like uh so uh Big Lebowski, Life Aquatic, and maybe like the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, that that that'll get you through a weekend. Uh, if, <laughs> If you go with the extended editions. So, uh, so, so I found that, uh, you know, do something that that's very, you know, not just, uh, comforting and low stress, but, but, um, but, but, you know, familiar, you know, something you can really kind of engage with, but almost passively, like, you know, it's so that, that well. And, uh, to, to me, that was perfect. And, uh, and I imagine everybody has their own, uh, their own version of that, you know, maybe like, like, uh, for, for a lot of us, maybe like reading Harry Potter or something. Uh, I think for a lot of people that, that would be a great uh, day before thing. How about sleep? How did you manage uh, making sure you got enough sleep? Did you get enough sleep the night before? So, uh, y- y- yeah, and and no, I, I I did actually go to sleep, but it was like a very kind of restless sleep. It, it, I I never like like hit like deep peaceful sleep. Uh, but but I I did sleep. Uh, part of that was because um, in my you know regimented schedule, I uh, it was just like like. Oh, it's it's ten thirty. That means you're asleep now, uh, because I was just so used to kind of kind of that you know that that optimal bedtime uh, you know kind of kind of the night before. So I I, I did sleep. Uh, it was actually um, when I when I tested uh, before before my one seventy six test the year before. Um, uh, I was I was in a hotel and there was a basketball court right outside my room and a, a dribbling basketball. Uh, it's very loud, uh, you know, percussive quality that what uh, was very disturbing. Uh, but luckily, about about a half an hour uh, into that, uh, they they called it at night. Um, I felt like I was about to have to like uh, call the hotel and switch rooms, or, or I don't know what I was going to do. 
how about the day of? So, so one, one thing I, I had that, that was, uh, I think a, a big benefit is I, I always had great proctors. I, I think for, for the, the first time I ever tested, I think they forgot to call five minutes on one of the sections. That, that was the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, not great, but you know, I, I managed, uh, I actually, I, I think managing nerves and, and managing to be successful despite all of the you know, emotions and pressures and everything. Uh, I, I actually think my, uh, my 170 test is, uh, the, the thing maybe that I'm proudest of and all the things that, that I, that I did preparing for the LSAT, you know, I, I, I like having that 176, but <laughs> the, uh, keeping it together on that 170 was, uh, a pretty, uh, the, the, the way it played out, uh, pretty, uh, uh, enormous undertaking. So, uh, pre- preparing for this test. Th- so this was back in the day, uh, when you only got three, three takes and, uh, and this was my third take. So right away, I mean, th- this is it, that th- th- there's, there's no more pressure than that. I, I, my average practice test going into that test was a 175. So yeah, I was going in with very high hopes, uh, if not, you know, expectations. Technically my, my target score was a 170. So I, I, I had some room to breathe. And, uh, so, uh, Open the test. You know, I mean, he's got uh, a bit of jitters. I think that's uh, unavoidable and I, I think natural. And uh, and it was logic games. I was like, okay, great. You know, logic games. Uh, I'm I'm really good at logic games. And I was going to tell myself that for any section, but uh, I, I think logic games. There, there's a level of comfort that that a lot of us uh, take because that that's one where you can really sometimes kind of master to a level that you, you can kind of just let it happen and you know it's not too stressful. Uh, and I bombed that logic game section. You know, relatively, uh, you know, I, I, I think I was my average uh, from from analytics was minus 0.6 uh, going into that test. And on that section, uh, I went uh, minus six, which is for out of 175 average, my entire margin of error for the whole test. And, and, I, and I knew it. I, I estimated like I, I, you know, kind of between sections one and two. I, t- I remember thinking very specifically, I think I went about minus six. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, going into the second section, I was uh, <laughs> in a very uh, emotional and anxious place. I mean, I was, it was really running out of control. And I, and I think this is probably a familiar feeling to, to, to people who, who have taken the LSAT and, and kind of, you know, experience that anxiety. I, to, to me, it's like uh, if you've ever like um, started running down a hill, uh, like, like a pretty steep hill, there, there's this momentum that builds up that you start losing control of. And you've got to keep going. You've got to run faster and faster and faster, um, or, or you're gonna, or you're gonna fall and and, and tumble. And I think that's kind of what it, uh, what the LSAT feels like a lot of times when uh, a lot of these testing anxieties start kicking in. Um, and and it was in full force for me. The the, the second section was logical reasoning, and that was I, I think my like, like strongest section. But uh, I, I started taking it, and, and I just wasn't doing my thing. You know, uh, I wasn't following the plan. I, I was so terrified of missing uh, any individual question. That I was just taking way too long, and that's just not my strategy. Uh, my, my strategy it, it, it's it's aggressive. It's um, you know I, I'm 90% confident here. I'm I'm done. If I miss it, then so be it. But uh, you know if I'm 90% confident, I, I've pretty much got it. So um, that that's my strategy. It's it's highly aggressive, and I was being very slow, very cautious, very careful. And that that is I, I've I used to take the test like that, and yeah, it got me only so far. Um, and and I, I knew that it was not going to result in this you know, kind of minus one average that, that I had kind of put together. And I recognized I was, I was off the plan very quickly. When I finished question number one, uh, I was like, okay, that wasn't right. And then I went to number two and was like, well, that wasn't right either. Uh, and so at that point I knew I had to 
get it together. So I put my pencil down and I just kind of put my put my head in my hands and close my eyes. And uh, and I, I kind of had like a had this like duality in, in my head where and I had like a conversation w- with myself. And uh, there was the like, like the emotional part of me that was that was falling apart. Uh, and then there was the very rational LSAT student in me who, who was kind of kind of speaking. I, I just kind of said, like, you know, look, you, you know what makes you successful at logical reason. <laughs> Those strategies right now are really terrifying. But what, whatever happens on this test, what, what, whatever happened on that first section, the, the best path forward is, is still the same. Uh, it, it's, it's the thing that has consistently given you the best outcome in practice every single time. If you want to do the best that you can on here, you know, maybe you're not going to score that, that 175 average, but you, you still need to maximize uh, the returns from the rest of this test. Uh, I mean, you if you hit your average from for, for the rest of this test, you're, you're still probably going to break 170. And so I, I kind of talked myself down, but I but I, I never got rid of the anxiety. It, it was always there. Uh, I, I was terrified of that whole test. Uh, but I um I, I didn't let that influence the, the way that I took the test. I, I did it anyway. And, and it was kind of like, um, you know, there was this one side of me taking the test and the other side of me just like like suffering all the conse- all the emotional consequences of every decision I was making. Um, and it was uh, like psychologically intense. Um, I, I don't know if uh, if I've ever shared this like on a public thing, but but after that test, um, my my, I, I, my nerves were so wrecked. Uh, I, I actually I was physically ill. Uh, I spent uh, the, the whole rest of that day uh, just vomiting. I mean, it was it was terrible. I mean, it was a it, it was such an intense psychological uh, response that I, I responded physically. Uh, but it wasn't until afterwards, and I, I went uh, I think minus five on the rest of that test and and eked in my my one seventy. So um, it, it was uh, getting control of that. What was uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, I mean, because I was absolutely terrified. And, and one thing, one thing I always tell my students is like, um, you know, uh, you, you probably aren't going to go into the test fearless, fearless uh, and, and courageous are very different things. The, the difference is that to, to respond to something with courage, you have to be afraid. Uh, if you're not afraid, then, then courage is not something that can even happen. So, uh, so, so that's, I, th- I think the quality that the people have to keep in mind on test day is you're, uh, you know, if, if you can figure out a way to, to not be afraid, then, then do that. I, and tell me because I don't know what it is. But uh, just because you're afraid doesn't mean that that you have to respond to that. Uh, you you can take the test with courage and and do what you know you need to do, even if in the moment that feels uh, scary, even even terrifying. That's good advice, Josh. One last question: If you had to do it all over again, what would you do different? Yeah, so I definitely got a lot better from the beginning to the end. Actually, my first ever test. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think this is another thing I've probably never admitted. Um, but I, my, my, I, I had, uh, two reading comp sections as my, my first and second, which is just, this is the worst way to start. But, uh, but I turned to the second section. I was like, wait, a minute, there's only supposed to be one reading comp section. Something's wrong. And I considered like, do, do I need to tell the proctor? Like, I was so unprepared. And, um, so, uh, that there's so, so many different answers for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, uh, maybe, maybe one thing is think, think about like, uh, like your, coffee and water intakes. Uh, that, that was one thing on that first test, uh, about halfway through section two, like I, I needed to go and I knew that wasn't an option. So yeah, I just sat there and, and it was, and it was awful and it's very distracting. And, uh, you know, that, that's something to, to, to actually think about and, and plan for. <laughs> yeah. Allison mentioned that, uh, also. Okay. So do you want to wish everyone good luck? Uh, no.
uh, <laughs> um, you know, luck really doesn't. Uh, I, I I never say good luck, but because um, you know, if if you've prepared for this test, um, you know, you, you don't need to get lucky. Uh, if if you if you are feeling like you need to get lucky, then you need to consider postponing. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, not good luck, but uh, just go in there and give your best test. You know, that's not a matter of luck. <laughs> so so I'll I'll say that. Uh, you know, go in there, uh, do your best test, and, and let that. You know, let that mean what it what it what it means. Uh, the, the important thing is to to stick to the plan, you know, and, and and let it happen the way that you practiced. Thank you, Josh. And finally, we're going to hear from Daniel. Hey, everybody. I'm Daniel. I scored a 170 on the LSAT, and I'm currently a 2L at the University of Michigan. Great, Daniel. The week of, what did you do? It was really interesting. I I did a lot. What what I did was I think different than what I was expecting I would do. So going you know, months out before the test, I thought I was going to be drilling really hard uh, on on sections and PTs a week out before, but I really did the, basically the virtually the opposite of that. So I, I didn't really do a whole lot. And I think it may, it actually, it made a lot of sense because, you know, I'd been studying for the LSAT for a long time. <clears throat> All the mechanics, learning the material on the LSAT was, I, I mean, like if I'm taking the LSAT, I'm supposed to be ready for the LSAT. And so it didn't really make much sense to focus on the material so much, trying to learn new things, because, it, I mean, it really just devolves into cramming. So I really focused on sort of the softer, more subjective elements to the test. Really getting the right mindset was a big one. And then focusing on some of, like, like test-taking skills, really solidifying those. So I would hit the ground running on test day. For me personally, that really revolved around mistake making. I would I would make a lot of stupid mistakes. Uh, I would make careless errors, especially when it came to reading or misreading or just failing to read, like glossing over things. So the week of, I mean, I was really focusing a lot on concentration and then just building momentum. So I was doing a lot of easy drills, just focusing on timing and skipping. Uh, skipping questions was a huge, huge strategy that I focused on and I employed it a lot and it saved my butt on, on test day big time. So yeah, those are the main things. And then I guess the last thing I did was I I did incorporate some really difficult materials, but it was only stuff that I had seen before. And the reason why I did that is I wanted to, it really came down to the mental game. I wanted to come into test day knowing that everything I saw, I mastered. So there was like one game I struggled with. I mean, when I was scoring in a high 160s, I sat down untimed for like an hour and a half just trying to figure out this stupid logic game and I couldn't do it. And I had to do the game probably four times before I started to understand it. And I mastered it. Like, I mean, I kept doing that game before, before, uh, before the, the, the week of actually. So those were the main things. No, no PTs really. No serious drills. That was really what it came down to. Um, did you do anything special for your diet or uh, exercise or your, your just kind of day-to-day living routine? Sure, sure. So I tried, I, I, my diet was, was pretty strong. Uh, I ate a lot of, yeah, I mean, I, I ate relatively healthy. I didn't do as much exercise as I wish I would have. That was actually one of my biggest regrets, uh, in part because the night of the, the test, I had a little bit of a hard time sleeping because I had so much adrenaline. And I think I think being exhausted from like a workout would have counteracted that. But I certainly wasn't going to work out the day before after having not really worked out a whole lot and then be like super sore you know, the morning of. So I was sort of, I just had, I had no choice but to just kind of not get as much sleep as I wanted. So I would definitely recommend doing that. And then my sleeping habits, I tried to get down 
pretty consistently. But again, I didn't give myself enough time. I, I thought, oh, you know, a week's time is enough. You, you got to be doing it before that. I mean, it really needs to be like a month, if not more. Um, so it's not so, so that like you're not your routine is sort of an extension of yourself. It's not something that you're having to work towards doing. You just do it naturally. And then on test day or rather the night before when you have all this adrenaline kicking in and you have something new before you that which is the real test your habits are still going to kick in and you're going to get a good nice rest and you're going to wake up and be able to eat whatever you've been eating every other morning or virtually every other morning. And then, uh, yeah, so yeah, so I, I did, I think eating my diet was, was pretty, was pretty solid, but sleep schedule, I wish I would have gotten a little bit better and then, and then working out or something. I, I basically, all the stuff that you've told us to do all this time, I didn't do enough of <laughs> and, and, and it, and it did have tangible, uh, effects, unfortunately, but, but not too big of a deal. How about the day before? Yeah, so I'm not a particularly stressed out person or anything. At least I would like to think that. But I did feel the nerves the day before. I mean, they are real. And I think they're unavoidable. I would not go in trying to fight your nerves. Like, like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try to get rid of your nerves. I just don't think that's going to happen. Your body's going to react with nerves. I think the best thing to do is to acknowledge your nerves, to know you're nervous, and to really reinforce the reality that you're ready to take this test. So the day before, I was just telling myself throughout the day, I mean, you've been studying for this thing for a long time. You've got the scores to back it up. You know the mechanics. You're ready to take this thing. And I also, you know, outside of telling myself that, I also kept telling myself to be really excited to take the test because I was. I didn't want to come in on test day being, like, like I didn't want to dread the test. I wanted to be excited to take it. I wanted to look at it like an opportunity rather than an obstacle because that does that just simply does affect how you deal with the obstacles on the test and there are, there are several that that I remember having on that test um, and I will never I mean I'll never forget them like they were very crystallized in my memory uh, to say the least so that was a, you know as far as the mental thing that's what I did I did not do anything as far as prep until the evening because I was getting a little nervous and again I wanted to hit the ground running so I thought well. And th this I would not recommend for everybody. For me personally, I thought it really helped to just sit down and do some really like baby drills for I think a half an hour, 45 minutes, just to focus on my concentration, skipping and, and uh, errors. That was it. I was not trying to learn anything. I wasn't trying to correct anything. I was just reiterating the things that I needed to do, the test taking skills that I needed to do the, the day of. And I did that in part because I, I actually was at a testing center three hours away from my home or from, from where I lived at the time. It was my alma mater. I picked a my, my old university as my testing center because I knew, I knew where it was going to be, like what room it was going to be in. They didn't have desks. They had tables. So I knew there'd be plenty of room. No one was going to be there. It was a dinky college in the middle of nowhere. And all the surrounding towns had colleges and universities. So I knew there was gonna be like 15 people there in a room made for 100. And that's exactly what what turned out. Um, and I'm so glad I did that picked a hotel nearby. And, and also, it was nice, too, because I got to sort of, uh, I got to meet my professors again, uh, or catch up with my professors the day before the test, you know, I was surrounding myself with sort of positivity. Um, like, like one of my professors officiated my wedding, and I got to see him again. And I hadn't seen him since he officiated my wedding. That was like, you know, two years ago, three years ago. That was awesome. And I was just so excited to take the test because it was like, man, I made it. You know, <laughs> like all these professors, I, I was telling them about law school and hoping I could one day get there. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to finally do it. You know, so I was ready. That's a really good way to frame it. 
And well, look where you are now. They must be so proud of you. Okay, it's the big day. How did you get through it? The nerves, again, were real. I had so much adrenaline that the morning of, oh my gosh, when I was trying to eat, I almost, I mean, I was nauseated and I had never experienced that in my life. And oh, by the way, a big part of that was because <laughs> this was so stupid. Um, and this goes back to routine. I, I ate something in the morning that I had never eaten for breakfast before. And that- it What was, did you eat? Uh, <laughs> so I, I make uh, Thai fried rice and it's kind of funky. It's got like fish sauce and- and it's sour and it's spicy. It's not breakfast food. But why did you decide to, of all days, to? I know, I know. It was well, okay. So here, here's my logic. Follow me with this, and, and maybe, maybe you'll, maybe you won't hate me too much for this. So I, I thought, you know, what's the, what's the thing that gives me like the most energy? And even if I eat a lot of it, like I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel like just kind of blah. It's, it's that Thai fried rice. Like I feel so good after having it. It's the right amount of protein and, and carbs and everything. And uh, so I thought, oh, well, of course, that's the best thing to have at seven in, in the morning, you know, on the day of a test. And oh, my gosh, it was so I took me I'm not even kidding. It took me like an hour to eat it. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, I woke up two hours before the test. So that made it easier. But beside that, um, the, the biggest so when I was actually taking the test, the biggest way to deal with the two ways to deal with my nerves, one was sticking to my habits. So just trusting what I'd done before. So, you know, skipping questions, for example, very first question on the very first section, I couldn't process it because of my nerves. And I skipped. I, 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 30 seconds in, I was flipping the page and I saw question eight and it was like really short and it was an easy looking question. And I thought, well, I can pay attention for two lines worth. And so I did. And I got that question immediately and that allowed me to build momentum. Skipping throughout the exam was so huge and keeping up with all my other habits was so huge, I would not have gotten my score if it were not for that. And then the other thing was, I think you said, I think you told me a long time ago that you did this. I don't remember if you literally said you set down your pencil when you were taking the test, when you kind of had to communicate with yourself, but I, I did this with myself. I, I was on the last section, it was Logic Games, and I knew it was the real one because my experimental one was, uh, I think, RC. The very last game, it was a weird game that no one, like it had never been on any other LSAT, and I realized, with just three and a half minutes left and five questions left that I forgot the first rule of that game. I just totally missed it. And I was feeling really good up until that point. I thought, oh my gosh, is this it? Did I just blow it? And I had to, I, I stopped for a second. I said, okay, I, I, and this is the conversation I literally had with myself. I said, you've got a couple options. One, you can just give up. That's not really going to get you anywhere. Or, I mean, really, you just have two options. Or you can make the best of this situation and realize that, yeah, it's not ideal, but that's you can't change the past. You just got to figure out what you could do with the three and a half minutes you had. And that that conversation that I had, which did waste, you know, it, it was a twenty minute or not twenty minute, twenty second conversation that I had to have with myself. You know, that saved my butt. Um, I was able to get every question but one on on, and it was in the, the question I got wrong. I just didn't have time to get to. And I was able to go back to one that I wanted to revisit. And that was literally necessary to get that 170. Um, so dealing with nerves on those two fronts saved my butt. And the other thing is, I mean, you on test day, you will face things that you've never faced before, both in questions and just in emotions. But if you have habits and things that you can rely on, just rely on those. And that will carry you through the new experiences that you have on that test. That's the whole point of these these skills and habits that you develop. Don't try to do something new when you're faced with something new on test day. Stick to what you've always done and it will, it's going to get you through it. 
Good advice. Last question. If you could do the whole process over again, would you change anything? Uh, two things, actually. The, the two big things that I look back and, and wish I would have changed. One, I wish from the beginning I wouldn't have just doubted myself so much. I mean, I, I took a practice exam with another test prep company that went to my university and I got a 150, um, but that was with bubbling in like over a dozen answers, like just like literally randomly bubbling in because I was so nervous about getting a low score. And I even asked the proctor, um, you know, what could I expect as far as improvement? He said, "Uh, maybe about five points. And he said, there was one, I had one guy that worked his tail off and he got a 15 point increase. And I stand here at a law school that I never thought in a million years I'd be at with an over 20 point increase. And I wish I would have not focus so much on like the statistics or the probability of improving and just try to improve. Um, I think, and and just, you know what, I don't know what my score is. I don't know how, what my ceiling is. Who really cares? I'm going to try my best and, you know, and, and whatever happens that I I can walk away and be happy with that. So that, that's one. And then two, I think, you know, my ceiling was around the low one seventies, but it was really because I didn't put enough effort into, like I did 99% of the work but there's that 1% which is fully understanding and really getting into the weeds on the questions that you missed and now just taking them for granted and not just glancing at them and looking at the answer and being like, oh, yeah, I see how that is. And or and also like never looking at a question thinking, oh, well, you know, that's a five star, super crazy, curb breaker question. Only 30% got it right. I'm fine with missing that. Um, I wish I would not have had that mentality. I wish every single question I would have you know, strived 100% to get right. And I, I think I think I, I think I I could have done better on the LSAT with that in mind, if, if I had that mentality. Oh, but you did fine. And uh, just to clarify, everyone, Daniel's talking about during the review process, he wished he had paid more attention to the curve breaker questions. When the clock is ticking, that's not the time to pay attention to those. Uh, that's the time to just identify and skip them. Okay, uh, anything else you'd like to say? So, you know, this is one of... I mean, I I think it's undeniable that this is uh, one of the bigger moments of your life. I think you can look at that in a negative way, but I also think you can look at that as a positive. You know, I never, again, never in a million years thought I'd be at a school like Michigan. I mean, seriously, not even in my wildest dreams to think that. I'm here, I think in part, much in part, because I saw the LSAT as an opportunity. And just be be proud of what you've accomplished, seriously, on test day. On, on that very day, tell yourself that, like literally tell yourself that you're proud of what you've done and that you're ready to take this test. And the nerves are going to be there. That's unavoidable. But if you're taking the test day and you're ready, force yourself to recognize that in spite of your nerves. And uh, I think that'll help you conquer them. Wow, that was beautiful. What a great note to end this episode on. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you all for listening. If you're taking the LSAS soon, trust yourself, trust the test. For most of you, you already know what score you're going to get. You take your last three recent properly administered LSAT prep tests and average those scores. You'll get plus or minus three points of that average. There's really nothing that separates you from that score except the mere passing of a few days' time. And you are as prepared as you can be. You have already seen everything those crafty LSAT writers will throw at you, and you've amply demonstrated with your ability to respond with craftiness of your own. Saturday is not going to be a new day. LSAT you take on that day won't be a new LSAT. It'll only be LSAT prep test whatever, which will be just like all the other prep tests you've taken. So for Saturday, remember to trust the process. Yes, you will encounter a few insanely difficult curve breaker questions. Every LSAT has them, 
every student who has ever taken the LSAT before you has encountered them. You will encounter them on Saturday. I'm telling you this now so you'll be prepared. Skip those questions. Maintain your rhythm. Keep moving. You got this.